Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. King Ho's son a brutal and scary criminal. His actions cause the whole society to tremble. Not only does he kill people, but he also enjoys doing it. After tasting the sensation of killing women, I couldn't stop, he reported. No matter what woman I see, there's a surge of bloodlust in me, wanting to kill and keep killing. Welcome back to our channel. Today we will come to the case where the savage serial killer Kane Ho-sun shed the blood of many innocent women. The police tried to find and arrest him, but only after causing disaster and breaking many families. The gory details of the Kang Ho-sun case are an insight into human crime and brutality. It evokes horrifying and terrifying emotions about the brutality and cruelty of criminals, as well as the heartbreak and pain of the victim's loved ones. The Kang Ho-sun case is one of the most horrifying cases in the history of Korean crime, a horror work in which the villain silently plays the main role. Soul. Our narrative today takes us all the way over to East Asia, specifically to the active nation of South Korea. It's likely that the bustling capital city of Seoul will be the first thing that comes to mind when you think about South Korea. In South Korea's national capital area, sometimes referred to as the Gyeonggi region, the city of Seoul and its surrounding metropolitan area are home to more than half of the country's population. This area is a highly populated metropolis that is prosperous in both culture and industry. Strong echoes of a kaleidoscope may be found here. The city of Seoul is known for its futuristic skyscrapers, which stand like monoliths over the city's lush parks and spotless streets. And then we come upon Kan Ho Sun, who may be located on the outskirts of Seoul. Although Ho-sun spent his adult life in the southern part of Gyeonggi province, he was born some 100 miles to the southwest in the rural town of Shuchengun, which is a very small town that is located in what appears to be the middle of nowhere. Ho-sun resided in this area as an adult. Ho-sun was born on the 1st of March in 1970, and she had a very average upbringing. There was nothing special or noteworthy about him at all. He was the third of five brothers and sisters and lived in the countryside of Korea. His family had pinned their hopes on Ho-sun remaining in the community when he completed his education at an agricultural high school, where he had attended. Before Ho-sun graduated from high school in 1989, his instructors remarked that he maintained a clean look and had an honest demeanor. And despite the fact that he did rather well in school, he was unable to locate any employment in the area around his birthplace that sparked his interest. And so, much to the dismay of his parents, it appeared that he remained stagnant after graduating, instead opting to take the straightforward route and work for his family. In fact, 
This lack of desire was so obvious that he decided to join the South Korean military instead of pursuing a career in business. He is now serving as a non-commissioned officer, which is a post that requires him to work inside the military. Nevertheless, the duration of this job would be limited. Ho Sun was dishonorably dismissed from the military less than two years after he joined because he was found stealing livestock while on vacation. This brought an end to his career in the military, which he began less than two years after enlisting. In the years that followed 1991, Ho Sun would go from job to job. The majority of his income comes from his job as a truck driver. And not too much longer after that, he would ultimately end up marrying his first wife. They got married a year later, when they were just 22 years old, and their relationship was successful enough to produce two healthy sons before they tied the knot. However, as the years passed, the young family encountered more than its share of difficulties. The young couple's arguments, which centered mostly on how exhausted they were from having two kids, were frequently overheard by the community's neighbors. And tragically, they would end up divorcing as a result of this predicament. Not long after the delivery of their second child, a son, following the conclusion of his marriage in 1998, Ho-sun divorced his wife and used the chance to relocate to a little community in the Guangxi area of the country called Baibong Mayan. It was decided that he would go with both of his boys. Therefore, the decision was finalized. And now that his wife was no longer part of the scene, Ho-sun desired to completely depart from his prior existence. He detested being first to live in the middle of nowhere and he was determined to provide a distinct and more urban upbringing for his boys. After settling down for a couple of years in the north, Ho Sun ultimately made a connection with another woman and fell in love with her. And yet again, he did not waste any time in tying the knot with the new love of his life. And just like clockwork, Ho Sun's second wife became pregnant, which led to a great deal of tension between him and his wife. However, in contrast to the past, this time around, Ho-sun would need to put in extra hours at work in order to provide for his family, which severely angered him. You probably already have an idea of where I'm going with this, don't you? Ho-sun did not remain in the area. He filed for divorce, separated from his pregnant wife, and moved out of the house with their two boys. He also saw the second failed marriage as a message to work on himself and become a better person. But first, he wanted to find a job that was more stable. As a result, he traveled 10 miles further north and bought a tiny plot of land next to the Bamboo Reservoir. This location would serve as our stage for the current investigation. Hosun became a semi-professional farmer by taking care of the pigs, calves, chickens, and bees that he kept on the property he owned. In addition to these animals, he also kept a few beehives. In addition to this, any time he came across a stray dog, he always made it a practice to pick it up and bring it home with him. However, 
This deed is not as pure or charitable as it may first appear. Let me elaborate. This is perhaps one of Holson's best-known works of art. It's a picture of him with a Siberian husky, and his behaviors after seeing this picture are far more sinister than one might think they would be. Due to the fact that Holson was a farmer, he had no problem with the idea of murdering cattle. Nonetheless, it is quite troubling that he finally devised new and very dark ways to execute it, as well as a terrible plea. Even these stray dogs would perish at his hands. Hosun can be seen wearing blue rubber gloves in another image with this dog, and his line of thinking is devious. Shortly after that, this husky dog found itself sitting at his table for dinner. It is generally known that many people who go on to become serial killers first develop sick fascinations with animals. Hosun was no exception to this rule, since a large number of the animals he cared for ended up being killed by him. Hosun was able to keep his head above water financially thanks to the little farm he had for a number of years. In the early 2000s, he managed to meet another woman, whom he once again impulsively married. And to our great good fortune, this one did not give rise to any offspring. But soon after, Fights started to become a regular occurrence in their home, and the new missus. Kang found Ho Sun intolerable to live with. This ultimately led to Kang's third divorce. All of these failed marriages had left Ho Sun with a very pessimistic outlook on women, despite the fact that it was almost certainly his fault. He was dissatisfied in his romantic relationships, had resentment toward women for rejecting him and detested the fact that his ex-wives had abandoned him to raise their children by himself. Hai Jin became Holson's fourth wife as he was going through this difficult period in his life. And in spite of Holson's skewed perspective on women, he was nevertheless able to win over this particular one and win her hand in marriage. That is not to suggest that Holson was a social recluse. On the contrary, he was frequently characterized as being both affable and exceedingly charming, and he possessed the ability to charm his way into or out of any predicament. Naturally, he was able to use this to his advantage when dealing with women. Hyjin was an entrepreneur in her own right, operating a massage parlor as her place of business, where she provided services like Thai massages and sport massages among other options. In addition, Ho-sun noticed that this was a really appealing feature. As was the case in the past, he was the only person in his partnerships who earned money. Because of how helpful it was, Ho-sun found himself picking up some new skills from his wife and beginning to work regularly at her massage business, in addition to maintaining his own farm. Therefore, the fortunate number may have been four, at least in Holson's case. The pair appeared to be experiencing a lot of success in their lives. Not only did their personalities complement one another, but they also worked extremely well together, picked up new talents from one another, and resonated off of each other's quirks. Everything looked to be going according to plan, and for the most part, 
That was the case up until the young family was dealt a devastating blow in October of 2005. On October 30, 2005, Ho Sun was taking care of his animals and other livestock. Hyjin had scheduled a visit with her mother for the afternoon, as she did on a daily basis as a matter of routine. And because she did not live too far away from the farm, she drove over to pick her up before they went to have some coffee. The two hurriedly made their way back to her mother's house, and upon entering, neither of them noticed anything out of the norm. The two continued their chat while simultaneously boiling a kettle of tea. It was business as usual for the pair. But all of a sudden, it seemed as though nothing had caused the room to be filled with the alluring aroma of smoke. And before they were even aware of what was happening, a roaring fire had already broken out inside the house. It moved quite quickly and was highly explosive. It didn't take long for a significant chunk of the home to become engulfed in flames, and it just so happened that the room that Hyjin and her mother were in at the time was the part of the house that was devoured by the blaze. They were both cornered inside the house because there was no way out and no time to do so. In spite of the best efforts of those who responded to the emergency, Jin and her mother were killed in the fire. The remains of the victims were discovered by firefighters after the blaze was extinguished. Ho Sun raced to the scene after receiving a distress call from Hyjin's relatives. However, upon arrival, Ho Sun gave off the impression of being virtually emotionless. An initial investigation was carried out at the scene, and it was determined that unintentional causes were responsible for the incident. However, this was not satisfactory to Hyjin's family. They were certain that someone had started the fire due to its rapidity, the rate at which it spread, and the level of aggression it displayed. However, following a lengthy investigation that lasted about six months, no more information or evidence that suggested foul play could be located, and as a result, the inquiry was finally terminated. Um, the passing of Holson's wife seems to have given him permission to lose even more control over his life. And over a year after the death of his wife, he took his rage out on a large number of animals, including as many as 50 dogs and an astonishing amount of other livestock. However, this was not enough to satisfy Holson's evil nature, and after giving in to his most sinister ideas and desires, Hosan made the decision to transition from preying on animals to preying on other humans. Eventually, he found himself in the position of having to leave his house in order to drive out into the neighborhood and patrol it. It was at this time that he observed Yu Nunhien, an employee of the county office, who was making her way to work. Ho Sun was already aware that the individual in question had a pleasant demeanor and a soothing voice and he planned to make great use of these qualities to his advantage. After pulling up next to Yun Yun Hien, he extended an offer to give her a ride to wherever it was that she was headed, and as she appeared to be in a good mood, she accepted his offer. However, as soon as she got inside his vehicle, Yun Yun Hien realized that she was in a dangerous situation. 
After she became suspicious that Ho-sun was going in the opposite direction, he grabbed her phone out of her hands and continued driving in the opposite direction. As Ho-sun traveled to a distant region of Gyeonggi province, the tense situation escalated and became violent. Tragically, Yoon-hyun was beaten, then strangled to death with her own stockings, and then she was slain. Ho-sun maintained her composure, calmness, and poise during the entirety of this tragedy. He had been thinking about and preparing for this for a very extended period of time. Once he was in the forested area close to his house, he moved Yoon-hyun's body there and buried it there. He amputated her fingertips so that his DNA wouldn't be discovered if it was detected. After that, she was laid to rest in a grave that wasn't very deep. After that, Ho-sun went back to his house and continued acting as if nothing had occurred. He did not alter his routine and continued on with his day as normal. He went right back to his regular routine without missing a beat. After getting back to managing his farm and the massage parlor that his wife had left him, Ho-sun made the decision to keep a low profile for a while. He kept an eye on the local news and police activities to see whether or not any suspicions had been aroused. And after coming to the realization that he had successfully gotten away with murder, he recognized that he could do anything he wanted without there being any repercussions to his actions. And the whole thought of it excited him. It made him feel so ecstatic that two months later, he went out on the town for the second time. On December 14, 2006, he found himself lost and disoriented in the dimly illuminated alleys of Gunpo, a tiny city that is situated immediately south of Seoul. But when he did it again, he planned to focus on the karaoke clubs and pubs in the area. Ho-sun was aware that these locations would make it simple to discover women in precarious situations. In the same way that it is widespread practice in Korea, karaoke bars frequently hire hostesses to engage in sexual activity with their clients in the interest of retaining those customers for longer and enhancing their enjoyment of their time there. It is not uncommon for hostesses to provide customers with nothing more than their own time. But when their shifts are finished, it is up to them to decide whether or not they will provide any more services. After attracting her attention at the bar and inviting her to join him for a few drinks, Ho-sun was able to make the acquaintance of Baekhyun Mi, who was 45 years old at the time. But Ho-sun was being careful not to exceed his drink limit so that he could keep his faculties intact for the plans he had later. And after the night was over, Ho-sun utilized his charisma to get her to return with him to his vehicle. Tragically, Kyung-mi agreed to hang out with him after he promised to buy her a couple drinks back at his apartment. After she had beacled herself into the passenger seat of his automobile, the two of them started driving away. And in a manner that was very similar to what he did to his first victim, she was led to a deserted and dark spot where she was first overpowered and then assaulted. And there was no alteration to the plans that he had. She, too, was unlucky enough to fall victim to the same fate as his first victim. You.
Both of these homicides portrayed a very gloomy image of Holson's life moving forward after they occurred. He had discovered a new pathological obsession for himself. He had the impression that it gave him a tremendous deal of power, and he wanted even more. It soon became his new favorite pastime to prey on defenseless ladies, and he would frequently attack hostesses or women waiting alone at bus stations. He would often capture their hearts with his unpretentious appearance as he chatted about his boys and showed images of himself with adorable dogs. To a large extent, taking advantage of a mild disposition because, after all, who would anticipate a poor father who was just widowed and had two sons? Who would want to avoid someone who rehabilitates abused animals? In the past, serial murderers have employed this kind of seduction to lure their victims, with the most notorious example being the American serial killer Ted Bundy. When Ted approached his victims, his unassuming and appealing demeanor served as a disguise for his actual intentions, which resulted in over 30 counts of homicide and most likely far more. Ted's veneer led to the deaths of his victims. If they are not arrested, they will continue their killing spree in the same manner as the vast majority of serial murderers. And Ho's son was in the same boat as everyone else. His bloody rampage of homicidal destruction proceeded. Only ten days had passed since Holson had murdered Bay and disposed of her body before he ventured out once more into the streets of Suen, a city that was even closer to his birthplace than his current location. And while prowling about the city's entertainment center, he ultimately tracked down his second victim, a karaoke bar hostess by the name of Sengar Park. Throughout the course of the evening, Ho-sun successfully maneuvered his way into a position of trust with the hostess by taking advantage of Sengar's willingness to be charmed by this oddly appealing man. They reached an agreement to discuss the matter over drinks at a different location, but Ho-sun was merely going through the motions in order to achieve what he wanted. He planned to attack Sengar in his car, strangle him in the parking lot and then take him to the woods. And that, sadly for Sengar, is precisely what he was able to do. How much longer could Ho-sung get away with this before he was caught? This was all done for a momentary rush of excitement. I wish I could tell you that this is the point where his reign of terror came to an end. And I also wish I could tell you that he will be apprehended in the very near future. But regrettably, that was not at all the case in any way, shape, or form. As soon as Ho-sun had finished off his third victim, he would go on a rampage that would last for four days to start off the new year. It all began on January 3, 2007, with Park Yun-ya, who was working at an office at the time. She was 52 years old. And then, on January 6, Kim Hee-young, who was a karaoke bar hostess and was 37 years old, came after that. After that, on January 7, Yan Mi-young, who was 21 years old and a university student, came after that. By the time Dawn arrived on the 8th of January in 2007, 
King Ho's son had successfully taken the lives of a total of seven different ladies. They were all lulled into a false sense of security by his good looks and smooth chatting, which caused them to believe that they were in a safe environment. He never gave off the impression or behaved in a way that one would expect a serial murderer to behave. Nevertheless, here he was, time after time, getting away with murder, and Holson's unexpected anxiety caused him to become shaken. He probably became aware of the fact that his growing hunger had formed too much of a pattern and made the decision to go into hiding until the investigations were concluded. Instead, he concentrated on his money since, to his great good fortune, his wife was covered by a life insurance policy that was still in force at the time of her passing. And he knew that the timing was right for him to stake his claim now more than ever. It was just five days before the fire that took Holson's wife's life that he purchased life insurance and formally registered his marriage to the woman who would later become his late wife. Despite the fact that this may appear to be fishy, his insurance claim was approved, and his wife was able to cash in a total of 600 million Japanese yen, which is comparable to 500,000 United States dollars. In spite of the unethical nature of the situation, Ho-sun was now in a position to lead a comfortable life while maintaining a low profile. Even if he didn't want to, he wouldn't be required to go to work. It has been close to two years since Ho-sun worked up the guts to carry on with his nefarious scheme. He had no idea how much information the police had or even if they were still looking into the matter. However, Ho-sun would ultimately attack once more in November of 2008, and his method was just the same as it had been previously. His first victim was a housewife in the area who was 48 years old and lived nearby. And on that awful day, the 9th of November, she passed away. And on the exact same day, the 19th of the next month, little and young OK became the victim who was the youngest of all of his victims. She was 19 years old at the time and attending school in Anson, South Korea. However, the results of Holson's actions this time would have very different repercussions, and the murder of An Young Ok would be the result of justice being served at last. Holson had, legally speaking, gotten away with many killings, so there was no reason to believe that this one would be any different. The number of days that passed without any sign of An Young Ok led her family to become increasingly worried and then terrified. They had waited a few weeks before calling the police to report their daughter missing, but now that the stillness had continued, they did so. Her family was aware of both the location of her dorm room and the fact that she commuted to school via public transportation each day. And thankfully, only two months before she was reported missing, brand new video cameras were put directly adjacent to the bus stop that she used on a daily basis. Surveillance cameras detected a van picking up young OK at this site, which turned out to be the location where Ho-sun enticed young OK to get into his car. In addition to this, Ho-sun was growing increasingly arrogant and ignorant, 
as evidenced by the fact that he attempted to take money from her bank account yet another time. As a direct consequence of this, the cash machine security camera took a picture of his face. The decision was made by the investigators to make these photographs available to the general public. And not too much longer after that, on January 27, 2009, Law enforcement officials arrived at the farm owned by Holson. His allotted time had finally expired. They had at long last succeeded in apprehending their serial murderer. Holson was taken into custody, and the land he owned was legally taken over for forensic examination. A mound of evidence that proved Holson was involved in the death of young O.K. was discovered by the police while they were on the site. To the police's amazement, more evidence was found that revealed that others had died at this location as well. The burned remnants of two automobiles were the most evident piece of evidence, and one of those vehicles was the truck that was observed through surveillance cameras. While searching the interior of the farmhouse, authorities came across more than 70 pairs of used women's shoes. Some of them were covered in blood and there were also other garments that were stained with blood. Even though her son was arrested on suspicion of killing young O.K., her DNA was not found to match any of the blood that was found on garments recovered inside her son's residence. Nonetheless, when questioned, he acknowledged being responsible for the deaths of seven additional women between the years 2006 and 2008. He would even guide law enforcement investigators to the location where he buried his victim's remains. For the sake of his trial, he was escorted to these lower Cajuns to reenact the crime scenes, during which he further expounded on the specifics of his murders. When Holson discussed these killings, he came across as arrogant and even regarded the manner in which he was apprehended as hilarious. And Holson's problems were far from over. The police decided to reopen the inquiry into the deaths of his wife and mother-in-law. Due to the circumstances, Holson's case received a great deal of attention from the national media, and the exposure of Holson's face sparked a heated debate amongst those who advocate for the protection of human rights. It was contended by a number of people that Holson's identity should have been protected and that his face should not have been shown to the general public during his trial. In fact, this belief was so prevalent that it ended up rewriting the legislation in South Korea, and it is the reason why convicts' names are kept hidden from the public's view in order to protect their families. His case was the catalyst for these changes. After being found guilty, Kane Holson entered a formal guilty plea to the murders of eight women, but he maintained his innocence about the deaths of his wife and his mother-in-law. During the trial, he stated that he did not feel any remorse for the actions he had taken toward these women and spoke about them as if they were nothing more than pieces in his game of fulfilling his own desires. It was clear that he saw all women as potential sources of joy and pleasure for himself, and the fact that he had a number of spouses, mistresses, and girlfriends was evidence of this. To him, each and every one of them was expendable. After his trial, 
the official verdict stated that Kang Ho Sun was convicted of over 10 charges of murder, including the deaths of his wife and his mother-in-law. He was also found guilty on one count of arson, and on April 22, 2009, he was officially sentenced to death for his crimes. The death penalty is still lawful in South Korea, therefore, he was able to be executed for his crimes. However, given that South Korea carried out its most recent execution in 1997, it is quite improbable that Ho Sun would be put to death officially. Instead, it is quite possible that he will spend many more years of his life wasting away in prison. Because of the South Korean legislation that requires suspects and victims to maintain their anonymity at all times, it is difficult to adequately commemorate the 10 lives that were taken by King Ho Sun. However, each of these ladies was taken from this world far too soon, and the majority of them sacrificed their lives as a result of following a path of trust. Despite the fact that Ho Sun regarded them as expendable things, they were anything but. They were a daughter, a sister, a mother, an aunt, and a friend to a great number of people. The incident involving Kang Ho Sun highlights the importance of being vigilant and ensuring one's safety when around unfamiliar people, regardless of their appearance or demeanor. With today's case now resolved, we will conclude our discussion for now. I want to take a moment to thank you for joining me in this investigation. If you found this case interesting or learned something new, Please don't forget to give it a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Now, let's shift gears and discuss Kang Ho Sun. What are your thoughts on the case? Please share your opinions in the comments section below. I want to express my gratitude to everyone who has been tuning in, and I look forward to seeing you all again next week. But until then, let's all remember to look out for one another and stay safe. Goodbye.